0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Equipped Podcast. I am Brian Dill. And I am Keaton Pierce. We are so glad that you are here. Taking the time to listen to this episode, Keaton, the the new year is upon us. Right. Like it or not. Oh, yeah. Um, do, you, do you make New Year's resolutions? You know... Yeah, yes and no. I, I don't know that
1: we call them resolutions, but Kyla and I were just talking about kind of goals for the year. And uh,
0: now, now the real question is, do you keep your New Year's resolution? And that is the million dollar question. Um, again,
1: probably yes and no. Uh, it kind of depends on. It, it seems like certain categories stick a little bit more sure. than others. Um, for, you know, right, wrong, or otherwise. It seems like this. You know, kind of the church, kind of. Work goals right, have a higher chance of coming to fruition. Sure. Um, stuff that we kind of plan for the kids, at least right now, where we're kind of in mostly control of what that looks like. <laughs> those have a tendency to come out. Stuff for me and Kyla kind of falls to the back burner
0: more often than not. <laughs> right? One of the reasons uh, that we wanted to talk about New Year's resolutions is usually the whole point is to try and push ourselves to do something that just doesn't come just naturally to us. Right. Right. You know, whether it is, you know, you say you're trying to read the Bible through in a year. Sure. That's a very specific goal. So you, you've got to cover a certain number of chapters every day in order to get that done. Right. That's what it doing in the past right. already. Right. And for whatever reason, our New Year's resolutions have a tendency to taper off. Sure. Or uh, we... We lose momentum somewhere along the way, and there is a lot of reasons that uh, we have for for that kind of stalling out, and um, and that's true with our spiritual development and spiritual growth. Anyway, mm-hmm. is that sometimes we we have um, d- different blocks uh, to to our growth, and we're going to talk about today one of the reasons that we sometimes have stunted growth right with our our especially in our spiritual lives because we're going to talk about fear mm-hmm. and how that impacts our development um but first i wanted to ask and I, and I, I feel like even as i wrote this down i thought i think i know the answer to this question but i I want to be sure mm-hmm. What are you afraid of, Keaton? (laughs) Um,
1: You know, like everybody, I've got little things, but there is one grand fear that has, has been there since I was a little kid. Um, a lot of stories about that over the years, but snakes is my is my one thing. Um, and Ky- Kyla would love to tell the story, and and she would would make it sound worse than it actually was. But the year she and I met at PBC, oh. you may remember this, may not. We were down by the. <gasps> Uh, singing down by the that lake. Was the year you that was met. the lake. Well, it was either I, can't, I think it was the year we started dating, which would have been thirteen. One year later, okay, it was either one of those two for years. And we're sitting. <laughs> she and I are together. It had to be the year we started dating because you know I, I was very aware of her being there and you know trying to you know put on my best whatever. And, <laughs> And, uh, you know, like everybody, I didn't necessarily lead with all the things I'm just terrified of, but, so I don't think she knew how afraid I was of snakes and we're sitting just for listeners that may not know, this is a Bible camp. So you have to imagine, you know, about 200 people sitting around a big fire pit singing at night, uh, majority kids, you know, eight to 12 year olds. And, and I'm one of the adults put in, put in place to keep them safe, (laughs) And we're sitting and I'm sitting on a on like a picnic bench kind of thing, and I see a snake like slither right by my foot and oh, I goodness. and and like very looney tunes like fashion. I mean, I jumped, I don't know <laughs> five feet in the air, pushing kids out of the way, pushing Kyla out of the way to get on top of the table <laughs> uh, you know and and our director, who's a good friend of ours, you know, he's trying to play it cool and just you know goes and read I don't even know what happened to the snake. <laughs> Who cares what happened to the beast? I hope it drowned, but it did. It went in the water, did it? Really, <laughs> yes. water-dwelling snake. I
0: did not remember that. You oh, I the jumped.
1: jumped oh, up. like I said, Kyla would make you think that I was like you know a roadrunner or a coyote, you know, running away from roadrunner. Like jumped out of my skin. <laughs> It wasn't quite that bad, but I mean, I did jump pretty high, and you know, it was at that point, it was every man and child for himself. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, if anyone's listening wants to send your kid to PBC, uh, we this take is very not normal. This is not normal. We I, I would step in front of a bullet for any of those children. Snakes, on the other hand, and that's why we have people like Adam and Phil and others that would be willing to go and do that because that is sure. that's just not going to be. But
0: but snakes is kind of the. <laughs> pretty high on my list well and and in um i want to say 30 plus years of going to pbc i have seen probably three snakes yeah and and that's that was just one of those years where the timing was just terrible yeah it just kind of slithered through the crowd
1: it could sense our merriment and joy and (laughs) tried and was trying to ruin it as a operative of satan (laughs) Uh, It it was trying to hamper our Christian spirit. I'm
0: confident of that. So you you definitely were not doing what Michelle did a few years after that incident when we had one crawling across the uh, The back back of the the ark. No. She just picks it up and it wrapped around
1: her arm. (laughs) Uh, No. Because I'm confident that people that do that are crazy. Um, And that fits Michelle. Yes, it does. We love you, Michelle, if you're listening. Um, No, definitely definitely not. Uh, I had a momentary out-of-body experience and was... Completely forgot that I'm trying to impress a girl, completely forgot that I'm in charge of children, (laughs) and it was just, there is this slithering beast of the ground that (laughs) is trying to attack me. Right, right. To be clear, it wasn't doing anything towards me, actually. It just slithered by. Or anybody. Or anybody. It It wasn't even causing a problem. It just, you know, and it probably was just like a black, you know, gardener snake.
0: Yeah, I have um, no idea. I mean, it was so dark; we we didn't know
1: what it was. Brian, it was essentially a king cobra. <laughs> it, I, it, it might as well have been. It, it might as well have been. It it might as well have been just some you know dinosaur type yes. creature, and that was going to kill us all. That certainly was in my brain. But yeah, snakes are uh, snakes are kind of my thing. What
0: about what about you? I can't think of a like real specific. Well, fear. it's mainly because i I don't put myself in a situation where I have to deal with it. <laughs> fair enough uh so the the, there's kind of two that that stand out in my mind one is one is heights you Mm. know i don't do real well with heights in certain scenarios you know if i'm if i'm enclosed in a in a you know if i'm looking if i'm way up high in a skyscraper or something and look out the window that doesn't bother me you know i don't get dizzy or something but if i'm on a ladder and i'm up pretty high and which is a pretty unstable situation Mm -hmm. that that gets me gets really i have have a hard time with that uh and uh camp was one of the first places i had to deal with that because the ropes course no no when when we were about probably 15 16 years old okay um one year we we stayed over so junior week the week that we've been working for several years now right I was I was on staff at junior week and then would stay over for the next week as a camper. Hmm. and i I just I didn't bother going home. I stayed all day Saturday and they needed some help putting up a sign up inside the ark, okay um, but it was supposed to be up on the kind of the wall, <laughs> but you know the wall doesn't go all the way to the ground. it's right the wall quote unquote starts. I don't know, 12 feet, 15 feet above the ground and goes up from there. And so, um, Adam and I said, Sure, we'll put up this big sign. We'll tie it on to the, you know, the running metal that goes around <laughs> out of whatever. Sure. And I get up there and uh, Adam kind of uh, says, Okay, now I'm going to move the ladder. You know, you you stay there. I'm going to move the ladder over here. And take this side of the sign up and then you hold on and we'll tie it on, you know, right on each side. Well, the the amount of space my foot had to stand was probably about three inches. Really? Uh, uh, And and I'm standing there and then I'm white knuckling it onto (laughs) this, this one space that I have to hold on to. Right. And I realize I am not letting go. In order to try with one hand, in order to try and tie this sign on here, I was like, "Adam, you got to get somebody else." It's <laughs> this, not happening. This is not happening. Right, bring the ladder back. I'm done because <laughs> uh, my knees were shaking. Oh yeah, and, and everything. I was like, "Nope, nope. I'm I'm done. I'm out. Just uh, <laughs> going to get somebody else." And, you know. <laughs> so he did. As he had to go find somebody to help and put yeah. up this dumb sign. Man, you know, f- fear is one of those things. It's just, you know, it's it's in every one
1: of us about something, you know, and it, it just, um, you, you know, but we talk about, and I, I think most people wouldn't necessarily put Bible or spiritual things on a fear list. right? But then we start really kind of fleshing out what it means to walk as a Christian every day, and there's probably some things that if you really kind of peel back all the layers enough – you're going to find some cores of things that it 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 really does make us fearful, right? You know, exactly. and, that, and that's kind of the reason we wanted to talk about this topic today, because fear, you know, at its core, and certainly fear to a certain level, has the ability to just paralyze us, to just stop us, right, in our tracks. And you already talked about some of that, you know, spiritual maturation process that we all have that we need to continue to grow. Um, and, and there's a million ways that fear can really creep in and i th- and i think satan utilizes that uh, certainly as much as any other technique to kind of keep us at bay right is putting that doubt in our mind of yes. oh, yeah you've never done that before that could go terribly mm-hmm. of course we never think about that could go beautifully too <laughs> right uh, that's you know kind of the nature of fear and um you know we looked and and we were going to talk today uh, numbers 13 and 14 is a really good biblical kind of representation of this of yes. You know, it can go either way, and fear is is ultimately gonna be a deciding factor for some and and it's gonna be a positive factor for others. Numbers thirteen and fourteen, for those that just need a reminder of this, you know, people are God's people are progressing out of Egypt all the way to the promised land, but they get to kind of the edge of this and and they're kind of figuring out what's ahead right right and and there's so many parallels to our life of how this is happening right we're yes. heading to a certain goal we get before a place that we've never been to before uh-huh. and we want to look ahead to see what might the pitfalls be right and in essence we do there's a lot of ways we can do this but we send our spies out so to speak <laughs> you know we try to get information back of what what the future might look like and if the, future, if the spies, quote-unquote, come back in a positive sense, we say, oh, well, let's move forward. We're excited about the opportunity. Right. If it comes back negative, sometimes we stop and we don't move any further. <laughs> exactly. And that's essentially what's happening here. You know, they sent the spies away and they came back and they heard about, you know, the, the size of the people and the size of the walls. And, I mean, it was, it was a mix of it's this incredible place. Right. But on the other hand, there's no way we're going to be able to go and take it. (laughs) Yes. Right? Exactly. And and as we were talking, I was just looking through it in Numbers 13, starting in about verse 25, this is the spies coming back and reporting. Yes. It says, at the end of 40 days, they returned. They came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the people uh, in the wilderness at Parham, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit. So this is the positive. And they told him, we came to the land which you sent us, it flows with milk and honey, and this is the first fruit. However, and this is that word, that, that kind of pause there, I think we all have when we're considering new things. Yes. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified. And, and in essence, that is going to be what people are going to, in Numbers 13 and 14, this is what God's people are going to grab a hold of and say, how are we going to do this? That's right. right? This right. is an insurmountable mountain, in yes. essence, that's right before us. And and so, th- that's going to be the essence of our conversation today, is thinking through, not only maybe using Numbers 13 and 14 as kind of a, a biblical parallel to guide the conversation, but when all of us get to a point in our lives where we're considering something new, and the option is, am I going to focus on the potential fruit, or am I going to focus on the potential pitfalls? Yes. Right? And that's right. not to say that if we move forward with it, we're just discarding the the risk altogether we know that there are some challenges sure. but it means that we have faith enough to move ahead and that the good will outweigh the bad
0: that's right that's right and and i think one of the things that strikes me about this this incident in numbers 13 and 14 is the fact that israel god's people had seen god's power on so many occasions already right the, through the plagues in Egypt, through the parting of the Red Sea, through, through all of this stuff, and they had seen how God had taken care of them over and over mm-hmm. and over and over. And yet here they are, once again, faced with a challenge, and God has told them, I will get you through this. I, right. I have given you this land. And they say, nope, too scary. Could we all make a commitment to say, when
1: we get to those points, and we will continually get to those points. What can we do to propel us forward? Because you know, God's people essentially refused. They, they said, in spite of knowing that's what God would have them do, they said, we aren't doing it. In fact, some of them were ready to go back to Egypt. Right. <laughs> is, they would they rather go, go back. back to slavery <laughs> yes. and captivity than, than the potential, <laughs> even though God has said, I will deliver you through this. Right. Right. And, and again, that if you really want to think through the parallels to our decision making today are so great yes, i mean that they are just yes. they are so uh fantastic that I, that i hope our listeners will consider this of when we get to that point we know what's propelling us forward and many times we would rather go in a knowingly bad direction backwards than just go into the unknown even if that's where we know god's directing us right and right. and that's that's kind of our challenge
0: as christians yeah because the thing about uh, fear, so much of our fears today are rooted in the fear of what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, or we don't know what's waiting for us on the other side. And and Israel here in this moment in Numbers, you know, they sent out the spies, and I like how you said that we we sort of do our own, you know, checking right. For as much information as we can get, but a lot of times we still don't have, quote-unquote, enough information. You know, we we still are left with a lot of questions. We don't know exactly how something is going to go. There's no such thing as as having completely prepared because there's so much that is out of our control. Yeah. And that's what bothers so many of us when it comes to to some of these things that we're afraid of doing. Right. That God has commanded us to do. Sure. It's because we don't know exactly how it's going to go. And, right. And and that's where we find Israel. They they hesitate because they 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 see what they see and right. they're afraid of what the outcome might be. Sure. And and so we stop ourselves short of of. Obeying certain commands because of the same kind of thing. We're afraid of uh, potential failure. We're afraid of potential rejection. Sure. We're afraid uh, afraid of what is ultimately out of our control. Right. So the the question I think that we have to to ask ourselves is how how do we handle that fear? What yeah. is it that we do uh, to manage that fear yeah. and be able to move past it? and i think that's why i really like the passage in second timothy chapter 1 mm. where where paul is writing to this young preacher who he's bound to be pretty inexperienced right. facing some things that he's not never really had to deal with before sure. and so paul says in second timothy 1 and verse 6 uh, for this reason i remind you to fan into flame the gift of god which is in you through the laying on Of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I love that that that's the three things that Paul focuses on here. Yeah. In response to whatever you might be afraid of, what about a spirit of power and love and self-control? And I kind of want us to, to, to look at those three things Mm. for just a minute yeah uh power you know what what does power have to do with overcoming fears well it's it's not about my power right (laughs) oh yeah because that's what israel struggled with right Right. you know they they saw how powerful these nations and these people were and they said forget it we can't do anything about that right well God says, you don't have to worry about it. I'm taking care of that. Right. I, I, my power is what's going to get you through this. And I, and I think my mind always in this conversation goes to David and Goliath mm-hmm. because over and over David's walking out onto that battlefield. Right. And when Goliath laughs at him, yeah. he says, are you serious? This is what you're sending out to fight me? Right. Uh, David repeatedly in his response points directly to the power of God. Yeah directly to the fact that it is his god that is going to help him win this battle. Oh yeah. And when we see like you said all the information and all all of what we have available to us, it can be scary sure uh different scenarios and situations, but that's because we're only looking at through eye, the eyes of uh, our power, right? And our abilities and we're not remembering to look at it through the lens of this is how is God going to help yeah. deal with this? And God's power is capable of getting us through those things. So we have a, a spirit instead of a spirit of fear. We have a spirit of power and a spirit of love. Mm. Um, I always think of this as love should be the motivating factor mm-hmm. over fear, right? For so much of our decision making, right. uh, especially when it comes to our ability to obey what God has commanded us to do, right? You know, we we speak up. Uh, in a in a situation out of love mm-hmm. not out of not allowing fear to keep, to stop us from speaking up uh we reach out to the lost we, we yeah we reach those who need to hear about jesus out of love right uh, rather than allowing fear to stop us short of doing what we need to do
1: absolutely and, and in my mind i always think of you know the the classic kind of old school scale where you've got um you know you've got each side that's kind of teetering and, and you really what the imagery that always comes to my mind is we have to consider when we're talking about evangelism or whatever it might be, the potential gain that we stand or somebody stands to benefit. Right. It has to be greater than the fear of doing that thing. Right. Right. And so, and and to, to use love as a motivation here, when we consider that maybe, maybe something that somebody is afraid of is, you know, I've got people in my life that, um, I love and that don't don't know Christ, but I'm afraid to have that conversation for a variety of reasons. I'm afraid right. the relationship is going to be different. I'm afraid they're going to say no. You know, you could fill in all of the normal things, but we what we what our minds have to go to is is the potential eternity that suppose that person does accept. You have an opportunity to kind of bring the gospel and say, hey, this is going to change your eternity. And then I think to you know the Flippian jailer. I think of Cornelius. I think of all kinds of examples of one person that then that flows into the rest of the family. And yes. I mean, yes. you've, you've got tons of people that are now coming to Christ because of one person. Right. That is what's on one side of the scale, and then you you have to allow your fear to to just not outweigh the potential gain. Right. And that's what you know. That's that's where love plays a, as a role is the desire to to share the gospel, the desire to. Do any of the things that our life calls for as a Christian? Absolutely, the love for other. You know, Christ gave us the great command of what does it mean to to be a God follower and love. You know, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor. And when we all when we sum all that up, that has to be the motivating factor for everything. That's right. And and again, that doesn't mean that that's we're taking that lightly or that's easy to accomplish. But it means that the love we have for the lost, which is what Christ had has to be greater than the fear that we might have of that thing.
0: Definitely, definitely. All right, so rather than a spirit of fear, we have the spirit of power and of love. And then this last one, I think- Kind of a unique one. It is. uh, The power of self-control or Mm -hmm. the uh, the spirit of self-control. And as I was trying to think about how that relates to fears or how that is contrasted with fear, uh, I think sometimes- we we make snap judgments of other people based on our fears, right? Um, judgments of people's choices in life, things that we think uh, shouldn't be, uh, or or we we say or write things on social media that are unnecessarily harsh, yep, out of fear uh, because of we're we're afraid of you know where the culture is going or, or sure. those kinds of things, and it. It causes us to 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 get worked up uh, easily because of our fears, and I think what Paul is trying to say to Timothy is don't let yourself don't let your fears get you all worked up, yeah, get you all bent out of shape, uh, because it's in those moments when we make poor choices, poor decisions, Dash. choices, yeah. Uh, and I think of I think of Saul mm. uh, when. It was clear that David was going to be taking the throne. yeah and out he of freaks out fear. It's, that's when Saul decides to try and kill David and right. tries chasing David down and he does all these crazy things. Yes. Um, out of fear, right. Uh, so I, I think that um, uh, the power and love and self-control all are contrary to uh, how we act. When we're acting out of fear,
1: and if we if we get the if we get the power right, if we get the love right, then that'll bleed into the desire to get the self control right. That's right. Yeah, you know, because the self control may be the most difficult of the three, but if we have the love and the and the and the understanding of whose power we're dealing with, yes. self control almost becomes a byproduct.
0: That's right. of those first two. That's right. Well, and uh, so the the purpose of uh, this episode, I think, is is we want to try and encourage our listeners to uh, understand a little bit more about how to to manage fears, how to right. contain fears, and keep those fears from controlling us. And um, as as we're wrapping things up, I wanted to um, read something from C.S. Lewis that he wrote. For those of you that may not know as much about C.S. Lewis, uh, he's uh, an author. He's a he's a theologian. He lived during some very difficult times in England, right? And he was there when the German army was advancing across uh, across Europe in World War II. He was there when air raids Mm -hmm. were a nearly nightly occurrence there in London. And he was also there in the aftermath of World War II, and in the immediate aftermath of World War II, uh, one of the big concerns that they had was about the atomic bomb and mm. who was would have access to this kind of a weapon. And as panic was was building in right. in that in that culture. He wrote this article in 1948, and he said some really, really thought-provoking things. And I want to read kind of a concise version of that. Mm. Um, and so here's, here's what he wrote. He says, In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, Why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or indeed as you are already living in an age of cancer, paralysis, railway accidents, motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. Mm. The first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Mm. Praying, working, teaching, reading, not huddled together like frightened sheep thinking about bombs. Wow. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. Mm.
1: So profound, certainly considering, you know, it, it's time removed uh, until today, but perfectly applicable for today. Absolutely, perfectly applicable. And and you know, I think as you were reading that, my mind also went to and this is I think probably an extension of what Paul was talking about in Second Timothy. But part of our ability to overcome fear and what I talk about a lot at, at Gold Hill Road is knowing what's ahead, right? And 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 fear becomes a different. And, and please, nobody misunderstand. I struggle with it as bad as anybody, uh, and there are certain things that I'm I, I'm sure worse than most about. But the idea is, when we really consider where we are going and what's ahead of us, right, it it really places fear in its place. It does, and and I liked what C.S. Lewis said of you know if if the bomb is going to come, and and that again, the thing we're afraid of, whether that and and the end of time eventually will come, and. That is a reality. The, the right. things we're afraid of are real. It's not to minimize that those don't exist, but consider what is on the horizon. Of, right. And I don't remember who I heard say this first. Maybe Andy Baker said something to the effect of, if if we lost everything on this side of eternity, I think of Job's situation. If we lost everything, had to live the, the worst possible version of earthly life that we could think of, but still inherited heaven, We'd be so far ahead. That's right. Of anything we could ever hope or dream of. Exactly. And exactly. and for the vast majority of us, we have you know we have our problems, but life is you know God has blessed us a tremendous amount. Right. Um, and as long as heaven is our outcome it really places the little things we become fearful of in its place. That's the biggest thing that I could think to be afraid of today just really pales in comparison to God's power and, right. and heaven where we'll live one day.
0: That's exactly right?
1: right. And and it's one of the few things that we can't oversell because it is better than what we could ever hope it
0: would be. Right. Uh, but that's know, what allows us right. to, to continue to move forward, continue to take action rather than, being as we've said paralyzed yeah, by our fears. Yeah, and and you know
1: that's our challenge and our encouragement kind of all wrapped up into one as we wrap, wrap up our episode uh, episode number 2. Let us not allow our fears and kind of use a phrase that CS Lewis used there to dominate our minds. Right. Because again, consider what what we have to do and the power that we have to do it with and the love that we have to offer. Um, there just really isn't, and again, this is to minimize things, but there just isn't anything on this side of eternity that is anywhere close to the power and the and the scope of what God, having God on our side, what that really means. Right. Right. And, and 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 a lot of it is a battle within our mind. Let's not be paralyzed by fear, but have the ability to go forward and be the hands and feet of Jesus, knowing that heaven's on the other side, that we have power, we have love, we have self-control, and we're right. able... To go out into a dying world that needs the gospel as desperately today as it ever has in history. We are so thankful that everyone that might be listening today or in the future joined us for this episode. We hope that you will like and subscribe on whatever you might be listening to, your favorite podcast network. And we hope that you'll join us again on our next episode of Fully Equipped.